Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Everybody, welcome to a brand new edition of On to the Next One, the podcast, part of the MMA Fighting Podcasting Network of Programming. UFC Vegas 6 is in the books, so that means it's time to put our heads together and try to make sense for what is next for some of the notable names from Saturday night's event in Las Vegas, which was capped off by Derek Lewis's second round finish of Alexi Olenek. I am Mike Heck, being joined as always by my cohort, my co-matchmaker in training, Mr. Alex K. Lee. How are Hello. you, sir? Hello. I am great. I am great. And we had some exciting performances on Saturday. It's definitely some things that got the, the matchmaking mind churning, as it were. I would agree. I thought the card was uh, very competitively matched, a lot of close matchups, and uh, a lot of big performances. So we have a lot to discuss, a lot of matches to make here. So let's get right into the winner. Of the main event, the Black Beast, Derek Lewis, who did make it easy on himself, as he normally does in the first round. But in the second round, he was like, nah, I'm not smelling uh, Alexi Olenek's armpit any longer, AK. He dropped and finishes Alexi Olenek in round two. He's won three in a row. He's a number four ranked guy in the division. And he did say after the win to Paul, Fel- to, to Paul Felder in the post-fight chat that he wanted to, to lose a little bit more weight. He wanted to drop 15 to 20 more pounds before he got back in there targeting possibly December. Whether that happens or not, AK, that remains to be seen. But how do we matchmake the Black Beast moving forward after that big win on Saturday? Yeah, I, I certainly want to believe that he's going to make these uh, these long-term changes. But again, the, the, he's he's a whimsical creature, the Black Beast is. Uh, I don't think many people would describe him that way. But he, he is a creature of whimsy. I feel like if they sent him the right fight offer, he's just going to say, yeah, two months, two and a half, three months from now, yeah, I'm ready. Uh, so I think the one that jumped out right away because the man himself called Derek Lewis out right after, uh, Curtis Blades. One of those matchups that I'm surprised it has it, it's never even been scheduled, right? This isn't like one of those bouts that was scheduled for another card and and was canceled for some reason. No, this never yeah, never done. Yeah, it feels like they could, they should have crossed paths at some point, but uh it's a, it's a, it's a good matchup as far as ranking. Uh I'm sure some people, you know, don't want to see Lewis necessarily fight uh such a strong wrestler as Blades, but you know, it's a good test, you know. I, I think I think Lewis is always improving. Um, he does have that unique ability to kind of shrug off grapplers, as, as our own Jose Youngs puts it. He kind of just throws people off. It doesn't work against everyone. You know, when you face an elite guy like Daniel Cormier, it's not going to work that way. Is, is Blades on that level of wrestling? Maybe. Certainly one of the best heavyweight wrestlers we've seen in, in recent years. And, and I think it's worth testing against Derek Lewis. So uh, very obvious pick, but I think that's that's a good way to go. Yeah, I mean, it is pretty obvious, given Curtis Blades. I mean, it really, it really depends on what Derek Lewis actually wants. Like, does he want to be a guy that just has exciting fights and makes money, or does he want to be a world champion? If he wants to be a world champion, then he has to fight Curtis Blades to get there. I think that's the the next logical step. If he just wants fun, exciting fights for himself and the fans, if Yarzinho Rosenstrike beats JDS next week, that would be a lot of fun. I know they're both managed by the same team, so I don't know if there'd be any kind of conflict there. Even if JDS wins, 
there's a rematch there. You could do that fight. I don't think anyone would be very uh, disheartened by setting up that rematch, but I think it has to be Curtis Blades. doesn't really matter. It is also very interesting to think about because if you do Blades, that's the obvious choice. Lewis is three, Blade, or uh, excuse me, Blades is three, Lewis is four. Winner gets the winner of Francis Ngannou against whoever he fights, whether it's Stipe Miocic after UFC 252 or, you know, if he wins, or probably Stipe Miocic if he loses for the vacant title. So it seems like Blades is the front runner for Lewis, but, you know, it just depends on what Derek Lewis wants. But I'd love to see him get another shot at the title. How do you feel about Lewis versus the Overeem Sakai winner? Again, kind of the same boat. It depends on what Derek Lewis wants. If he's just like, man, eh, I don't care about winning the title, then sure, I'm down for that. But you have to think at some point, like if he's if he's talking about taking things seriously, being a 245, 250 pounder, as opposed to cutting to 265, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20 pounds, you have to think he's got his eyes set on the belt. So I think Curtis Blades, and he mentioned Curtis in the, in the post-fight scrum. I think Curtis is kind of the obvious answer here, but... But Overeem has been a proven sort of, you know, gatekeeper to that title shot. A lot of people have beaten Overeem and then and then gone on to world title shot. Also, I just want to see him fight Overeem. I feel like there's a clash of personalities there. Striking, of course, it'd be a stand-up battle which everyone wants to see. Though Overeem could, you know, take him down if he wanted to. We'll see, we would see. But I, 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 that's another one. Like we said, I can't believe Blades and Lewis haven't been booked against one another. I can't believe Lewis and Overeem haven't been, you know, just a little stream just never quite crossed. So I'd, I'd be so into that. There's a lot of good heavyweight matchups, surprisingly. If Overeem goes out there against Sakai and, like, head kicks him to the Shadow Realms in the first minute, then, yeah, I'm, I'm down mm. for that. But if he goes out there and fights the way I kind of expect Alistair Overeem to fight, a smart, methodical <laughs> win, this is, the new, this is not Overeem anymore, then I don't know if that fight's necessarily there. I mean, Lewis is right there, ranked number four, three wins in a row. He's got a lot of momentum right now. So, I mean, Derek Lewis against anybody is going to get eyeballs. He's just that popular right now. Mm-hmm. Well, let's... Let's talk about Alexi Olenek, ranked number 10. Now he has to take a little bit of a step back. And he's a guy, AK, in this heavyweight division. It's kind of like a unicorn. You can sprinkle him into literally any kind of a matchup, any kind of a scenario, and it makes sense. You can have him fight a top 10. You can have him fight a top 15, guy outside of the top 15. He's one of the rare guys where he fits in pretty much all scenarios in this division outside of fighting for the belt. So I have two options here. One is he fights the winner of Cyril Gunn versus Shamil Abdurahimov. And I know we frown upon matching a guy coming off a loss against someone coming off of a win, but meritocracy-wise, I think this makes sense. The other option, and I got to be honest, now now I think about it and say it, the one I'm actually leaning towards a little bit more, the winner of Andre Arlovsky versus Tanner Bozer. Either way... Fresh matchup for Olenek as he looks for that elusive 60th career professional win. What say you? I, I also had multiple options on the mind, which I think will be a theme of this episode. Because like we said, there was a lot that – like the performance yesterday really opened up a lot of possibilities for a lot of people. So I think that will be a theme. So for anyone hoping we have these like definitive, cool, like clear-cut answers outside of Blades, I, I don't know if there is one. There's going to be a lot to talk about. Uh, I like bo- – I. I like the uh, – what was your second suggestion again? I like the – Arlovsky versus Bozer winner. Yes. Again, Ar- again, Arlovsky and Arlenic have. They never fought before somewhere down the road. For some <laughs> right. Other, right? They have a million. Uh, and Bozer, that would be really fun too. The the gun one surprises me because you would be throwing a guy in there with 74 MMA fights uh, and should gone win against a guy with seven MMA fights. Now, again, this is MMA. The records don't tell the whole story. Again, in the UFC, they would kind of be – 
the rankings probably wouldn't be too different. You know, Gon would be if he if he wins would be four and zero. He looked impressive as hell. He's a blue chip prospect. There's no question uh, that he would probably be the favorite if he was matched up with Atlantic. But that would be some wonky matchmaking, eh? Seventy. I'll say it again, seventy four pro fights versus seven. <laughs> MMA. Only he's a unicorn. Only Gon's ranked right. Like he's what fifteen. I don't. I, I would imagine so. It's a very thin division. I, I I'd have to check, but I I don't know if he's ranked. But if he is, it wouldn't surprise me. But uh, again, he would be the favorite in a matchup. So be. so so for me to say like, oh, it's crazy for the com- uh, a commission to to allow something like that, it wouldn't be because the guy after the last fights is, is favored. So yes, yeah, gone is number, currently number fifteen. Okay. In the official UFC ranking. So that one shocked me. I hadn't thought about that. I'm not against it. I I wouldn't book it, but I'm not against it. Oh, I guess I should get my do my own answer. So, uh, mine is way more boring. I uh, this is what I think will happen, not uh, not what I want to happen. I could see him getting matched up with like, Blagoy Ivanov. Yeah. I'm so I'm sorry to all the listeners. I know all, all the listeners just just fell asleep at the mention of that name, but it feels like the kind of matchup they're thrown into. Uh, the other option for me is is a sort of the result of uh, matchup you mentioned earlier, the JDS Rosenstruck fight. I think maybe the loser of that fight could face uh, Olenek again. I think him and JDS would be a great veterans battle, and uh, Rosenstruck would be would be another test, almost like another chance against like a Lewis type kind of banger. So, uh, yeah, lots of options for Olenek. Like you said, he's a, he's a Swiss Army knife in the heavyweight division. <laughs> yeah, that is a great term right there. Co-main event, we saw Chris Weidman get back in the win column. Was it the most entertaining fight? No, it certainly was not. But uh, Weidman dug deep. He found that second gear in the third round, and he ten-aided a, a very ten-aided, excuse me, a very tough guy who hadn't tasted defeat at 185 pounds in the UFC in Omari Akhmedov. What would you like to see next for Mr. Chris Weidman, Alex Kaylee? The first thing I will say is not Marvin Vittori. Uh, there's some <laughs> we had some chatter about that last night, and then Mr. Young Mr. Vittori himself let out a, a pretty nasty call out. May I read this on the air? Are there children listening? You read it. I'll, I'll just. It's a I'll, pretty I'll, ugly I'll call check out. the e-box. Uh, he said, "Why? This is a, via Twitter, uh, Marvin Vittori." And again, I don't know if, he, I, if he's writing his own tweets or could be his manager. I'm not sure. Weidman looked horrible tonight. He's a former champion. Let me whip his boring ass next. Uh, guarantee you he will hide like all the other guys. Me against Chris Weidman needs to happen. And then he adds uh, Mick Maynard and the UFC. So uh, pretty rude. A little rude. Uh, I don't want to see it. I know I know. Uh, people are saying, well, you know, Weidman can stay kind of in that mid-range after beating a, a, a lower-ranked in the top 15 guy like Akhmedov. But it just seems like a really bad fight for Weidman. And like everything to gain for Vittori not much to gain for Wyman. It would be cool, I guess, if he knocked out sort of this up and comer or knocked off, I should say, this up and comer. But it, it's just a really, really bad idea for Wyman. Uh, and especially Wyman said he only wants to face top tier guys. But I would, I would like to see him take a step back and face a guy who's a little bit closer to him in experience. Uh, again, I'm going the boring route here, people. I'm sorry, uh, Polish veteran Krzysztof uh, Jotko. Again, not a not a matchup that leaps off the page, but I I think that's sensible. Uh, well, there's some other options, but I'll, I'll let you go first, Mike. Yeah, I mean, when you have a guy like Weidman, who is a former champion, headlines most of the cards that he fights on, or he's just part of these massive events, I don't know what the numbers are. It's Vegas, so we're not even going to know anymore. But he's probably making, like, a lot of money. He probably made more than anyone else in the card on Saturday night. That would be my guess. So as much as – and I've said it too. Like, I probably said it last night. As much as I would love to slow roll Chris Weidman – and let him build his confidence back up. You can't really do it when you're paying a guy as much as you're paying Chris Weidman. 
it has to be a ranked guy, in my opinion, or someone with a big name. Now, last night we talked about Anderson Silva, the trilogy fight there, which I'd be down for. Casey Lydon talked about a rematch with Luke Rockhold, and that works for me as well. If they gave him an Ian Heinish or somebody like that, fine. I don't want to see the Vittori fight. But I said this last night, and after I said it, I was like, eh, maybe. But I thought about it after we went off the air on the post show, and I was like, you know what? I think this makes all the sense in the world if we're going to do this. If we're going to play this game and give Chris Weidman what he wants, let's just go bananas, AK. Chris Weidman versus Darren Till. That is interesting. I think we should do it. Because, listen, Darren Till has had some big finishes in his career. And I hate to copy off of Jed Mishu's paper here. Ugh, never do that. But but Jed's made some great points. Like, Darren Whoa. Till D- D- Darren Till is a very good fighter. He's in every fight he's in for the most part, except for the Woodley fight and the Mazadal fight. And he was even in the Mazadal fight. He dropped Mazadal really quick. But he hasn't had that, like, violent finish in a long time. It's been a while since he's had that really violent finish that jumped off the page. The Cerrone one was great. When was the last time he's done it? I haven't seen it in a while. So maybe I think if we're talking about risk versus reward, I think this works for both guys. Two things disturbed me there, Mike. Uh, one, Jed Mishu made a great point. I've never heard anyone say that before ever. Uh, so let's I, I, let's just saying it myself now just made me nauseous. And the second thing is, are you saying you want to set up Till with Weidman so that Till can knock him the f out and get Adam to? His... That is what not what saying? I'm saying. That what is not say, what I'm Mike? saying. I think what there's a say? perception that Darren Till is a guy who just violently finishes everybody he fights every time he wins when that is not the case. So maybe Chris, we- I mean, could that happen here? Could Till land something ferocious and knock Chris Weidman out? It's possible. But could Chris Weidman take Darren Till down and beat him up for three rounds? That is possible as well. I'm actually more intrigued about the matchup the more I talk about it, AK. I think I will say it is it is amazing how Till has found a way to position himself for like all these kind of great high profile matchups and they don't sound unreasonable like there's almost no there's very few matchups at 185 or 170 that you can mention for till where you'd be like oh till would never why would till get that fight like like you just said you brought up weidman i hadn't really thought about it before yesterday i'd never the thought of weidman versus darren till had not crossed my mind for a a half a second before (laughs) last night and then you brought it up and i'm like yeah kind of like till is in that range where he can get that fight and no one no one would no one would bat an eye no one would be like oh that's a weird matchup they'd be like yeah that makes sense for Till. That's that's where they are, and that's where. So it's it's very cool for Till that he has that he's kind of uh, worked his way into there with both his fighting style and his his uh, persona. But uh, yeah, a lot of weird options for a while. I'll, I'll shout out the one I think Jose uh, Jose Youngs brought up last night too, uh, which I think might be the best, might be a really good realistic possibility. And that's uh, if Uriah Hall uh, loses to Uel Romero. That's one Jose Youngs brought up because uh, Hall and Weidman did fight in the regional scene. Uh, Weidman beat him, so that that was. A li- literally a lifetime ago for I think for both fighters and uh, it'd be cool it wouldn't it wouldn't be bad to see the matchup again but uh, yeah Till there's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of heat there should that happen I'm surprised Till Till's got to get on that Twitter he should have been that Vettori vibe get, making that call out yeah I don't want to see Darren Till drop in a 170 I think the Weidman fight's perfect he's got a name if Weidman can beat Darren Till then he's back to where he wants to be then we get uh we're, we're, we're cooking with some fire here but mm-hmm. sticking with the middleweight division Darren Stewart Picked up a first-round submission win over Maki Patolo. He looked great. Got a finish, got a bonus, and 
he wants to turn around somewhat quickly, it seems. So what would you think would be a suitable next step for the dentist after Saturday night, AK? I mean, there's some very easy matchmaking to be done here just based on the who fought on Saturday, the other middleweights upon Saturday. Kevin Holland keeps saying he's ready to fight within 48 hours. Uh, he's got some stitches to deal with, but he said he wants to get back as soon as possible, probably as early as two weeks. Uh, Darren Stewart had previously said that he was hoping to maybe stay in Vegas and get another fight instead of instead of flying back to England. Uh, I think he changed his mind a little bit after his fight yesterday, but I do think he would take the contract. So let's just do it. Kevin Holland and Darren Stewart, uh, August 22nd or August 29th, two more shows upcoming in Vegas. Uh, if, if they're amenable to it, you throw them in there. I think it's a good matchup. I agree with you on one aspect, is that we stick around with who fought on Saturday night. I'm going with a different matchup, though. How about we do Darren Till? I'm not Darren Till. Darren Stewart. Darren Stewart, yeah. Darren Stewart versus Andrew Sanchez. That was my other option, yes. Yeah, both guys entering their mm -hmm. respective fights, having two fights winning, two fight winning streaks snapped in their previous fights. Both have won three out of four. Both got first-round finishes. Both got an extra 50 Gs. I think it's one of those things where even... I don't know what the AK official rankings look like, but I would say these two guys are probably <laughs> ranked right around the same, like in the overall grand scheme of things. I think it's kind of a stars aligning perfectly kind of a fight with both guys having some momentum in the recency department. I like that idea. Where, where do you have these guys ranked in the, the magical AK rankings? They are right in the 25 to 35 range. Uh, Darren Stewart would be 29 and Andrew Sanchez would be 33 after last night. So, but again, once you've re once you're outside that top 15, it's kind of just a cluster together. So there's like, may, you know, there's barely any separation. So they're really right, 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 ranked around the same time. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And also it would still be a quick turnaround, even if I think they weren't necessarily able to do one more of these August shows, at least they're on the same clock. So if they want to fight in like uh, late September or early October or something like that, if they, if they, if, you know, that would, that would be a quick turnaround as well and not quite as dramatic. And I think both guys would be, it, I think they both seem healthy. We had, we had to see the medical suspensions, but didn't seem like either guy was, was too banged up after last night. So yeah, they're definitely on the same timetable. Outside of the Derek Lewis, Curtis blades idea. I feel like this next fight is pretty easy matchmaking. I have a, I have a feeling we're going to agree on, agree on this one, but uh, Yana Kunitskaya, got a one-sided decision win over Julia Stoliarenko. It was not the most, how can I say this nicely? It was not the most aesthetically pleasing fight of all time, but a win is a win. That second half of the paycheck is going to hit her bank account. And I think that's great for her. I think we just set up the fight that was originally supposed to happen. Kunitskaya versus Caitlin Vieira, because I just don't think anything else really makes a whole hell of a lot of sense. Now the only thing is, isn't is Ketlin Vera not rebooked to fight Marion Renault? Is that not a thing? Oh, is she? September twenty sixth. I think I when I was doing my research, I believe Vera did get a a, a new booking. So because that was my first, of course, that was my first thought as well. Was uh, yeah, oh, just you're make right, you're right, right. How did I forget that? Now, I'll, now that's a little bit further down the road, unfortunately. Now, because otherwise, if I if Vera wins that fight, then yeah, you make that fight happen. That's on September twenty sixth, which is a bit of a ways away. Uh, so this is why I had difficulty with Kunitskaya because there's there's a I think she has to wait for a lot of the division to shake out now. Uh, and by the way, for anyone criticizing performance, yes, it was not exciting, but I did see people saying like, oh, her strategy wasn't working because I guess she wasn't getting like a lot of crazy offense. It was working because she was winning the whole fight. So uh, <laughs> it's not winning any fans, maybe, but uh, you know that was that was a very smart strategy against uh, Stolyarenko, who's who. If anyone saw the fight, is like really dangerous and like really wild and unpredictable. So if you can get one thing, a technique, and just spam it and just Make, it's working the whole time. You stick with that. You do not deviate. Um, 
Uh, the only person unoccupied that I think made a lot of sense, uh, pa- Pani Kianzad, I think would be a good fight. Uh, former Invicta standouts, you know, her and Kuniskaya. But then uh, there's all these other matchups coming up. Uh, Juliana Pena, uh, Jermaine Durandami. She could face the winner of that. So that's October 3rd. Again, that's a little too far down the line. Uh, Julia Avila, Nico Montano winner, September 5th. And also uh, Macy Chiasson, Sajara Eubanks winner, September 5th. My pick, uh, I know I just threw a bunch of names out there. My pick would probably be the Chiasson Eubanks winner if she's going to wait. Otherwise, Kianzad, but otherwise the, then the uh, Chiasson Eubanks winner, September 5th. But yeah, a lot of, a lot of options for Kuniskaya. Yeah, I think she's... I'd like to see maybe like Carol Rosa. I think that would be a lot of fun. Okay. Give her a, t- a test because she looked really good in that Vanessa Mello fight. Mm-hmm. Um, or the other option of, of those matchups you said, if Julia Avila goes out there and beats Nico Montano, sure. I think that's a nice appropriate step up. Because, again, you don't want to rush Julia Avila to a title shot or anything like that. you got to build her up slowly. I think that's kind of a good next step. It would be a, you know, a little bit of a different change of pace in terms of styles having a Yana Kunitskaya. But, yeah. again – you know, not in a great position right now. No, really not. And I don't, she, she didn't take a ton of damage. So, you know, if something happens with Renault or, or Caitlin Vieira, maybe you could just slide her right in there. And we'll yeah. That makes go. a lot of sense. Yeah. I know, you know, yeah, Yana didn't get a bonus, but one guy who would have surely got a bonus had he made weight, the man who had not only the finish of the night on Saturday, but one of the best finishes of the year, Benil Dariush, the man has won five in a row and let me just correct something that I said during the post show. He did fight Drew Dober and he fought him last year. I can't believe I forgot about that and uh, got a submission win. It was in March of 2019. So my bad. There's just so many of these freaking fights that come together. But most feel a step up is warranted here. But he did miss weight, AK. So I understand that, well, you can't reward a guy if he misses weight, but this is the first time he's missed his career. So how much can we, we reward Benil Dariush? Wait, mate. Look, I hate people <laughs> missing weight. But like you said, it was such an oddity. You have he's he didn't make any excuses for it either. He's the kind of guy if he had made an excuse, I would have believed it because I think he's he's got a lot of integrity. Uh, I mentioned this on the show last night. He off. He said that they should give him a bonus for that finish, which, again, it would have gotten one for sure. And then take that bonus and give it to his opponent. That's how, you know, contrite he was over over missing weight. Uh, It's just an oddity. And and it's it's the rare occasion. where I don't feel like he needs his wrist needs to be slapped that hard over the miss so i am okay with him with them just booking him as they would have as if he hadn't missed away i know i know that's um, um, you know special treatment here double standards whatever you want to call it but he he, he looked great and that's four uh, sorry five wins in a row four finishes again it would have been four straight performances of the night if he had not missed weight so i think you got to put him up there and i would love love to see him fight a guy like diego fajera i think that fight would just be outstanding outstanding uh and a top 10 guy that uh that Darius has been looking for this is one of those situations where i wish like kevin lee was healthy because i think that that would be like a perfect fight for benel mm. Darius. but apparently we're not going to see kevin lee for a while because he was recovering from one acl injury and then tore his other acl that guy just has the worst luck in the world but i think we're in agreement here i think it's fajeda that that's an awesome fight two guys who frankly deserve a little bit more respect in my opinion and recognition than they have right now Diego Fajada checks off a lot of boxes. He's ready to get back in there. And the only other thing that really makes sense is if you do Gregor Gillespie, I'm fine with that as well. But I think Fajada is, is the fight to make at this point. Where are you, Gregor? Where Gregor, where are you? 
I, I, I know you're loving that fishing life out there. He probably, he probably, you know, as soon as that coronavirus outbreak happened, he probably left society and is like, I'm gonna go fishing for the next nine months. When this blows over, call me back and I'll be ready to fight again. Uh, and I don't, again, I don't know. I really, we, we, we don't know what's up with Gregor Gillespie, but uh, hopefully somewhere resting, recuperating, fishing, and uh, like you said, ready to get big, get back to big fights, like a Benil Darius or something. If there's one fighter like on this roster that people ask me about the most, but I literally have no answer to give them. It's Gregor Gillespie. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Before we, uh, we head to our wild card pick, let us talk about Kevin Holland. You had mentioned him earlier. He had a pretty crazy road to get to Saturday night. As everybody knows by now, he's supposed to face Trevin Giles nine days ago. Giles faints before the fight starts. And he bounced back a week later and finished a very game, very aggressive Joaquin Buckley with a piston, video game like knockout and got a bonus and to me i think he's becoming a breakout guy so let's give him a test he's a company guy he's willing to say yes to pretty much any opportunity no matter what let's let's reward kevin holland with the fight that he wants that his opponent would want as well because there's a little bit of a, a little bit of a history between these two guys so why not do it like i don't think this guy's going to get the Chris Weidman fight, as he called for on Twitter. So let's get Kevin Holland and Marvin Vittori sharing the octagon. There's some beef there. And I want to get a nice gauge of where Kevin Holland really is. Let's give him a step up. There's some sizzle on the stake already. Pay Marvin Vittori a couple of extra shekels. Maybe renegotiate his deal to take the step back if that's the issue. That's my pick. That's the fight I want to see. What do you think? Yeah, I said earlier. Obviously, I like the Stewart fight, but I do think Stewart is gonna is uh, gonna change his mind about fighting again this month. Um, I, I think it's a cool matchup. The Vittori one, as he said on your show on what the heck, uh, f Marvin Vittori. Uh, Kevin Holland is not. They have had some previous, I think, social media beefs. Uh, so Kevin Holland is not amused by what he's heard from uh, Vittori. And Vittori is, as we've seen, is is a willing talker himself. So that there would be a lot of heat there. I think of all the uh, matchups that we've discussed today. That one makes so much sense, and I think it's the one I'd be the most upset if 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 we don't even just hear rumblings of it over the next week. It's it just rankings-wise, it makes sense uh, where they are in their careers. Again, the ability to build up the fight, the styles would be, be a great clash of styles. Um, I think that's the one to make. Again, for some reason, if for some, it, it, unless unless they can convince Stewart to take another short-notice fight and Holland decides to do it as well, Vittori, if we're talking about a regular, getting a regular break for Holland, that Vittori fight makes a lot of sense. I think that that has to happen. He's got a lot of options because, as he said on that What the Heck interview, he still wants to drop to 170 at some point. So there's some interesting fights. With it. Can you imagine if they both like Kevin Holland versus Nico Price? Like, how freaking mm. insane would that fight be? So Holland's got a lot of a lot of options. He's got a lot of momentum right now. So, But I think he deserves a test against, you know, I thought Giles was kind of like a good step up for him. But i like to see him get at least, if he's not a to, in a top 15 fight, with like the the tip the end of the the bottom half of the top fifteen, someone like knocking on the door. I think I, I just want to see where he's at. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. Absolutely. Uh, I I am very excited to see Kevin Holland fight again. That's really all, that's really uh, all I can say. I, I was not a huge fan of the guy. I think when he first came on, I think he was a little too wild, a little too unpredictable, and I wasn't sure if he was just a flash in the pan. But last night he showed. He looks super advanced uh, in dealing with a very, very wild and uh, and uh, exciting opponent. Um, he's always talking about his Philly shell and all that. And, uh, you know, hey, you, you can talk about it. And then when you show it, man, that's a lot of points in my book. So, uh, yeah, whatever's next for him, uh, I'm super jazzed about it. Yeah, that first knockdown that he had. I, I mean, I shouted way louder on the first knockdown than the <laughs> knockout punch. That was just like, ooh, that was brutal. So 
Very excited to see what's next for him, as you said. But now we head to my favorite part of these programs. We head to the wild card round where AK and I, we're each going to pick a fighter that we haven't discussed yet and see what could be next for them. It could be a winner from the prelims, could be a loser on the main card, a loser from the prelims. I mean, the choice is really yours, AK. So who is your wild card pick coming out of UFC Vegas 6? There was a lot of good young guys uh, who put on good performances, and and I was eager to match up. But when I started doing it, I was like, I actually couldn't find specific think of specific names for them. I, I had ranges of names, but there was no one where I was like, oh, I definitely need to see this this guy fight this guy. I'm not gonna name names because I don't want to I don't want to spoil whatever your pick's gonna be. But I I think uh, I doubt that you're gonna pick this young man of uh, someone who I just talked about. Joaquin Buckley, I thought was so intriguing. Again, anyone who saw that fight, he just came out throwing haymakers, which I love to see a guy do on when he takes a fight on less than like 10 days notice, uh, especially against someone with so much hype as Kevin Holland. He, he, he wanted to steal that hype, and he, he failed, but I think he built up a little bit of his own in, uh, along the way. So uh, I want to see him face another guy who lost his last fight, and, and, and this is a no-nonsense, someone's-getting-knocked-out fight. Uh, that's all I care about making this matchup. John Phillips. Uh, this also allows me to fit in uh, the obligatory uh, Hamzat Shemaev uh, <laughs> mention. Yes, guys, don't worry. We won't go weak without bringing him up. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Phillips, you know, he he, he was supposed to be matched up with someone else. Uh, he faced Shemaev on short notice, which is a nightmare matchup for him. For anyone who doesn't know John Phillips, he called himself the white Mike Tyson. And uh, all he wants to do is stand and bang and uh, knock people out. Uh, so you throw him in there with Buckley, boy, that fight might last 15 seconds because someone is going up, going up and throwing a haymaker and, and crushing the other dude. So that is a uh, strictly, I don't care about rankings, I don't care about what is, what would that win mean for their careers. Doesn't matter. I just want to see those two throw hands at one another. What are you gonna do when Buckley shoots for a takedown five seconds into that fight? That'd be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be tweeting you, no doubt. But uh. <laughs> I'll tell you what, AK, in my opinion, and I think a lot of people would agree with this as well, one of the front runners for Rookie of the Year in the UFC mm. is Yusuf Salal. First fighter in the promotion to get three wins in 2020, all super short notice fights. The guy's getting it done. And knowing Yusuf Salal, you saw his energy speaking with Paul Felder. He wants to continue this campaign to be said Rookie of the Year. So to do so, I like what he's doing, but I think... He needs to get a little bit of a step up in competition. I'm not saying throw him into the top 15 or anything like that, but let's test the man against another Wiley veteran. He already has the win over Jordan Griffin on short notice, which was a good veteran name to have on the old resume. But I would like to see what the Moroccan devil can do against a guy who's been in the UFC for a little while. I know Yusuf eventually wants to drop to 35, but not yet. So for me, and I'm just milking this for all it's worth, my pick is Yusuf Salal against a gentleman who successfully returned to 145 pounds last month, a guy who had a crazy, crazy road to get to that fight and get the victory in dominant fashion. Let's do Yusuf Salal versus Jared Flash Gordon. How about that, AK? I like that matchup a lot. I have them very I, – I, by the way, uh, for anyone who was listening, I was – wrinkling my brow and scratching my head. I had no idea where Mike was going with this. Uh, and yet I do think that is a very good... Mike, I don't know if you've been looking hacked, hacked on my computer and seen my rankings. I have Yusuf Zalal uh, at the at number 48, which I know seems low, but by the way, there's like 100 featherweights. Um, Yusuf Zalal at 48, and I have Jared Gordon at 51. So they're right right next to each other. And I know what you mean is it even though Gordon's uh, is lower in my rankings, he's definitely the more veteran fighter. He's been around longer. Um, so... Yeah, that's that's pretty good. I didn't know how to match up Zalal. He was one of the guys 
he was one of the guys who, again, I, I said, I, I want, I know, I, I know he needs an exciting matchup, but there's so many options. Um, Gordon was certainly in there, but he wasn't my number. I, Part of me wants to see him become the New England killer, uh, just for you, buddy, <laughs> and uh, and take on uh, Charles Rosa next. That was kind of a name I thought about a little bit, but uh, that was strictly out of spite uh, for you, not necessarily out of uh, what I think is best for Salal's career. We can't do that for Rosa because they're already going to fight uh, Jamal Emmers like we discussed oh. in the wild card pick last week. Oh, He's oh, booked. fair enough. He's booked against Emmers. He, he's mentally booked. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Have any of our fights that we picked since we started the podcast actually been booked yet? Since we started the podcast, no. But to bring this full circle, I, I believe we did nail, uh, when we were doing the written version, we did nail Olenek Lewis. I don't remember if it was you or me who picked it, but one of us definitely said Olenek should be next for Lewis after his last fight. And when the fight was was booked, we were like, yeah. We were like, yes. The I know system that, works. I know that was you because you got to write that like first sentence that you love writing. Be like, you oh. want to get weird? Let's get weird. It's like one of those. <laughs> and it was perfect. Yeah, I, and I think. did. Yes. So we nailed that one. I was excited for you for that one. So we have to keep tabs of this because I don't know if any of these have been yes. booked or not. But uh, but there you have it. Next week, AK, we get to do this show coming off of a pay-per-view event for the first time. We've done write-ups. We haven't done an actual podcast coming out of a pay-per-view. UFC 252 is coming up on Saturday. One fighter we will not match make is Daniel Cormier mm-hmm. as he challenges Stipe Miocic for the heavyweight title in his final fight. Something tells me we may not even match up Stipe here either because, you know, even if he wins, you have to imagine, win or lose, he's fighting Francis Ngannou after this fight unless he gets, like, badly injured or something. So who knows? This might be a wacky on to the next one without talking about any of the main event participants. I was going to say, way to build up the next episode, Mike, by telling them that we may not be talking about two of the biggest names on the card. (laughs) Tune in next week, everybody, so you can hear what I have to say about (laughs) Who should uh, Magomed Ankalaya fight next? <laughs> I want to see the trilogy fight. Just run those guys, him and Kutalaba back a million times. I'm fine with that. Oh, Don't I let him fight anybody fights. else. But there's a, there's going to be some really interesting ones. O'Malley mm-hmm. versus Vera. Yeah. You know, Dewalish Willie and Dotson's fun. I mean, it's just a really fun card. I'm very yeah, much looking forward yeah, to it. It looks good. Veter- veteran names on the prelims. Joe always like to see you got Jim Miller on there, Felice Herrig. Uh, Oh man, man! The return of Herbert Burns. Oh man, this is this is good. Uh, Ryan Hall will definitely be said uh, next week at some point, but uh, that's it. Until then, give us your thoughts on fights to make coming out of UFC Vegas six on uh, on the Twitter. He is at Alexander K Lee. I am at Mike Heck underscore Jr. And we are out of here. Remember, everyone, do not take this too seriously. We're just a couple of fantasy matchmakers trying to make dreams come true for fight fans everywhere probably just ourselves who really knows we'll see you right here next week for another edition of on to the next one the podcast you're listening to the vox media podcast network